Welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Jessica and her guests are here to help you navigate the world around you as a small business owner and provide valuable insights to hone your business superpowers. Now, here's your host, Jessica Jones. Hello, 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 and welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. I'm your host, Jessica Jones. As always, I have my wonderful husband here, Charlie Langford. Hello. Today, we want to talk about a topic that we've brushed on briefly but have never died. We've never really like gone into it in, in depth. We we brush on the topic of burnout a lot and, you know, how to avoid burnout or, you know, watching for the signs lest you end up there. But what happens if you do? What happens if you're feeling it? How do you know if you're feeling it? Yeah. So I think today we're going to focus on that topic and hopefully bring some light where you may be feeling some darkness. So Stick with us and let's get powered up. So, Charlie, when you think of burnout, what is it that you think? Uh, I, it's hard to articulate that. I don't know. It, a lot of people jump to fatigue, immediate fatigue, and being like, I'm just tired. But burnout to me is a different kind of tired. It's It's not just... My, my body is tired and it's, I need to just sit down and rest. It's not, I'm burnt out because I've done a lot of thinking today and I can't do anymore. It's not that kind of, I just need some rest. It's, this is no longer fulfilling to me. That That's, you are entirely burnt out on whatever it is you are doing. And that's what I think of being completely over some endeavor, some something you like to do, something that's just run its course and you're just tired of continuing to do it because it has run its course. But I mean, burnout isn't always something running its course. Sometimes it's a symptom of a larger problem. Sometimes it's, you know, identifying maybe you need to set some boundaries if you're getting burnt out at work because people are texting you on the weekends. It's a boundary that you can set depending on your line of work. If you're burnt out to the point of, I can't do this anymore, that's a whole different level. That's like in-game yeah, burnout. But that's what I think of when I think of burnout is like the, the most catastrophic example of it. There are, of course, levels. It's not, and like little segments and components and compartments of it. But I just think of the very worst situation ever. Right. And I think a lot of us do that. You you think it's not burnout until you get there, right? But right. that is the be all end all of burnout. Burnout starts way before that, right? Mm -hmm. And if you could recognize the signs of burnout before you get to I'm done and it's run its course, yeah. perhaps you can right the ship and get back on course instead of calling it quits and letting it go. Yeah. So the first thing we can do is kind of identify some different steps or signs of burnout. You mentioned fatigue. That is A1 fatigue, but constant fatigue. Like I'm tired. I worked hard today. I get some rest. I wake up tomorrow and I'm still tired. If you are waking up every day and you're still tired, high likelihood that you're suffering 
at least moderate burnout. Yeah, you've got a little bit of things that you should be taking an emotional inventory and figuring out why. What's going on that makes you so tired all the time and you can't get enough rest? Why not? Yeah. Why can't you get enough rest to feel good? Mm -hmm. And that fatigue and that not getting rest is is a sign of apathy and dissatisfaction. If you're not enjoying what you're doing and you're just like, I get up and I have to go to work, especially if you're running a small business and you're finding yourself dreading getting up and doing your thing. It's your thing. Like you, you own it. Like it's, it's your baby. And if you're dreading your baby every day, that's, that's a sign. Yeah. But that's again, another a sign to, to look at what it is to really analyze like what's, why would I feel this way about this? Right. Are you are you suffering from something that can be corrected, like lack of boundaries mm-hmm. or I need a vacation and just to detox for a little while? Is there a particular client or customer or order or certain things that are causing you a little more stress than normal? Maybe making it they're a little bit more of a complex situation, maybe creating a headache for yeah, you, kind of a headache without being so blunt about it, yeah, <laughs> kind, kind of, of becoming yeah. a headache for you. So I think of like in a product-based business for you, something like if there were a product that every time you made it, you were like, oh, I have to do this product. Like I hate making this product. Yeah. Maybe that product isn't for you. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel that way sometimes about the really popular scents. I'm like, man, I really wish some of these other scents would kick up and take off so I can make them more often because, you know... I don't know. I was thinking more different, like a product type. Like if you made, I don't know, liquid soaps and you, it was just so tedious and you hated it. You were like, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't make the liquid soaps because they are just more than, more than they're worth. Yeah. People like them, but I hate them. You haven't gotten to that because we haven't even made the liquid soaps. That's just the first thing that came to mind for me. So we don't hate liquid soaps. No, I think that the closest to that is incense. They do take you a lot of time. But everybody loves the incense. So I'm like, let's just keep doing it. It's not hard to do. It's just, it takes so long. And it takes up so much space. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I need this room for planning and development. So what are some other signs of burnout or, or just total mental exhaustion? A lot of the time there's this sort of dread, this, this overshadowing feeling of like helplessness, dread and unease and anxiety about whatever it is that's going on. There's something, some aspect that's casting a little dark cloud over you and you, you, you can feel it really easily. I get it in the pit of my stomach. It's, it's like the ball of anxiety living in my stomach when I just can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what to do about it right away sometimes, but that's, Part of the emotional inventory thing that helps me so much, but I, I do. I said it three times already today. <laughs> You're on a roll with the emotional inventory. It's work, if this is how you this is how you handle burnout. This is how you do it, or one very effective way of doing it. It is to take the emotional inventory. It helps you identify the source of a particular feeling you're having, so that you can start thinking of good rational ways of solving and addressing that issue. You know, as we've gone through some of these signs and symptoms, and as I, you know, look through some of the definitions or clinical signs of burnout, you know what these have a lot in common with? Mm. Depression. Yeah. Burnout 
and depression, while are, they're probably not clinically the same thing, they share a lot of signs. Right. And so if you are prone to depression, you may be prone right. to, to burnout and the need to check back in and evaluate. As, as a person with major depression, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. That's the way that depression shows up in me is a general burnout. I'm burnt out on everything. It's just nothing is satisfying. Nothing brings joy. It's all a chore. I'm just, yeah, no, it's it's all emotionally and mentally fatiguing. And that's what the medication is for to help bring some joy back into it because the joy chemical is a little lacking in my brain. But yeah, things that don't bring you joy will probably cause you to burn out a little quicker. So as a person with depression, I'm I'm thinking about, yes, generally, I am burnt out. Just generally speaking, as a state of being, <laughs> oh. I am in burnt out state of being. And I latch onto things that bring me joy. That's, that's me. <laughs> if you're suffering from burnout, where it's a particular segment of your life that is causing this, that's more burnout. Mm -hmm. But if it's generalized and overall and overarching where personally, professionally, with your family, with your friends, you don't want to do anything. With that, yourself. With, with yourself. Um, yeah. You, yeah. You could just be sitting there and this one thing you do, knitting, for instance, brings you so much joy. It's so much fun. It takes your mind off of things. But you sit down to knit and you're like, nah, I don't want to do this. This isn't fun. I don't feel it. That too. When you when you're tired of things you love yourself, it's not just other people or your job or the church or anything else. It's it's just overarching, generalized, across the board, nothing brings joy anymore. That's probably like a depression. And that some of sometimes that comes and goes. Other times it doesn't. But if you feel that way. You know, help is easily gotten these days. So definitely look into it and see if you can get some help with that. But if you've got that feeling about one particular thing, like if there is a one particular, say it's work. I've been in a job where I just dreaded waking up in the morning to go to this job. It was the most soul crushing, terrible place for me. It was not good for me in my situation and who I am and how I operate it. It wasn't conducive and it was a source of major stress and it, I got burnt out on it. It was a great job, great pay, great benefits. Everything was nice, but I, I was good at it. But it's just the people there were a drain and I couldn't address the issues with the people in a way that was effective that would help solve the burnout. It just perpetuated. And eventually that had to come to an end because there was nothing that could be done about it except to leave it. But at the same time, I I had to think about what it was particularly that was causing the burnout. And it, I narrowed it down. It's not just the work. It's not this. It's not that. It's not that. It's not the boss. It's not lunch. It's not this. It's these particular people. And this particular behavior on their part is what is burning me up. And that's where 
an inventory comes into play when you can think through all of the moving pieces and parts to this thing that's causing you stress that you don't want to do. And And then what happens if you keep doing the thing that's causing you stress and causing you burnout, you keep digging that hole, you keep digging and digging and digging and you tick from burnout into major burnout into depression Yeah, because it will creep into every other part of your life. Mm -hmm. So you can't ignore burnout. You can't push through it. You don't fight past it and this, yeah, don't don't old world way of thinking. Yeah. Don't just like grit your teeth and get through it and bark at people who don't know what's going on or anything about what's going on with you. <laughs> you know, you can't just let it build and then bubble over onto everybody else. You you can't. It's not good for you. It's not good for them. Um, it's not good for the relationships between you and them. Um not not good in general. So Get help and, and and think about these things. I think like like pay you have to nip it in the bud kind of early and recognize you know what's causing you this sense of dread, what's causing you this sense of fatigue, what's making you tense in the body and tight and constantly needing to be and then karate chopped in the back. Or are we talking about me right now? Or like, <laughs> we're just talking about people in general. But <laughs> you are a mushable person. You do need a massage a lot. I do and. You know, often when you're feeling these sorts of things, you may not be the first one to recognize it. It it helps when you have a support system and they may be noticing things like things that you don't even notice and saying things to you like, hey, you OK? Yeah. Out of nowhere, just yeah. all the time, just asking you, you if you're OK. Off. Yeah, are you okay? You seem a little off. You don't seem like yourself. Those sorts or of things. You're you're being short with me. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who can come to you, and it's really really important when you are in that negative state, that burnout state, that the person who's there and supporting you is truly doing it in a supportive manner, not coming and sniping and and griping at you, but are you okay? What's going on? And and being supportive. There's two different sides to that same coin and one is productive and one is not. So if you're dealing with somebody who is feeling that, or you sense they may be feeling that be cognizant of that, that their emotional state is coming into play. And if they're feeling that way, they may take it as accusatory. And so you have to watch from both sides. You have to watch yeah, and that's a sign that they may be feeling burnt out. You may have hit the nail right on the head, the fact that they're really, you know, reactive to it. And if they, if they do get immediately defensive, it's a good sign that you're on to something. Because just asking, hey, are you all right? Something seems off is not an unreasonable thing to ask somebody. So if they give you an unreasonable response, you probably are right. There is something wrong. And it may not be something you are in a position to do anything about, but do what you can to be supportive if you find someone in a situation like that. And we all could use that. Some grace. Yes. Some absolutely, absolutely. To show each other grace like that is something we could use a lot more of. So when you see people like that, if you're feeling like that and someone offers the concern, hey, are you all right? You know, 
Try to step back from yourself for just a minute. Take a critical distance from the problem and yourself. See what can be done and respond and be okay with it. Well, let's take a deep, deep breath because that was a very heavy first segment. Super heavy. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what to do about it. If you're feeling burnout or you, those around you are feeling burnout, steps that can be taken to avoid it getting too far and getting to that point where you have to pull the plug on something where, you know, you don't want your business to to cause you so much burnout that you let it go. So let's, let's talk about some things you can do before it gets that far. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to be your small business superhero. Whether you need ongoing services like bookkeeping or payroll, one-time services like implementing an accounting software or one-on-one training, or an on-call CFO to answer your larger questions, Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to help. Stop costing your business more money by trying to do absolutely everything yourself. We pride ourselves on giving you big business level service while still giving that small business attention. You're the expert in your field and you didn't start your business to watch numbers move, but we did. Come check us out at jessicajonesaccounting.com to see what we can do for your business. Tune in each week for The Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you are listening to get powered up with jessica jones we hope jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for now back to the show with Jessica. All right, we're back from our first break and we are going to talk about managing burnout when you've found yourself in the midst of it. What do you do about it? After we've started to recognize some of those symptoms, you're feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, unmotivated, frustrated with everything around you all the time, you're probably in burnout. So what do we do? Charlie, you, you've experienced this many times. Yes. When you start to feel it, what is your first instinct to do about it? First thing I do is stop what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> Hit the brakes. Yeah. Whatever has got me feeling overwhelmed, I need to get away from it for a second. Stop it. Lest I continue to overwhelm myself. That's the digital underground humpty hump method. You stop what you're doing because you're about to ruin. Oh, well, it works. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my life, guys. But yes, you just take a break from it. First, for me, is to take care of myself. I, I can't continue. I can't finish this task. I can't do this thing 
if I'm not able and I'm, if I'm feeling this way, I am not able. So how do I stop and get myself able? First things first, recognize, bro, this is getting too big for you to continue to do. Recognize that the symptoms are there and then take a break. Yes. Hit pause, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, A thing that I've found that helps me because let's be honest, none of us are drinking enough water. When I have to take that break, I'll go get a glass of water. Even if it's a little glass, even if it's just one of our tiny Mardi Gras cups, Mm. a small glass of water, take a minute, down it all. And it like, it resets me just for a second. I force myself to stop and do a thing that is absolutely always on my to-do list. Drink more water, right? Take a break. Go check something off your literal in-list to-do list. Drink some water. I absolutely don't drink enough water. So that's never my instinct. I usually just kind of... Oh, it's not an instinct. This was practiced. Oh, yeah. I, I usually just... What I'll do is I'll go outside and do one of two things. If I'm feeling that overwhelmed, I will watch the clouds. Just watch the clouds. Count the clouds, even. Or close my eyes and just listen to the traffic. Or if there is no traffic, just my breath. Okay. Stop and listen to those things. Intently listen. Don't just be like, all right, I'm breathing. (laughs) Don't do all of that. Just you have to really focus on your breathing. It's just mindfulness. Being mindful of your surroundings, grounding yourself, and recognizing that whatever it is that you were doing that was causing you stress is not permanent. You're not there forever. You were doing it. It was stressing you out. It is no longer doing that. You are in control still. I feel like you should be leading meditations. <laughs> it's called therapy. I went, <laughs> I went to a lot of therapy. <laughs> and they taught me this stuff. And this is all useful when you put it to use. And that's what they taught me. Thank you to the VA for that, by the way. Yeah, shout out to the VA. VA mental health is, is actually not bad. There may be better programs and things out there somewhere, but in my experience with my conditions and as a veteran, and I feel very well taken care of. So shout out to them for the therapy. And that's where all of this came from. So shout out to them for, for really making a difference in at least one veteran's life. So it's what I'm hearing with you and the counting the clouds or focusing on your breathing and me going get a glass of water grounding yourself whatever that thing is it could be anything it could be go brush your hair for Mm -hmm. a minute that will help something useful preferably something that's you know really healthy but if not you do what you can you done so you're feeling overwhelmed it doesn't necessarily have to be extreme for you to need to go take that break Anytime you start to feel down, we are in a world of people who are either looking at one thing for hours and hours and hours or looking at minimal things, 10 to 10 to 30 second snippets for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Uh, if If I'm interested in it at all, diving deep into it. You do a similar thing with your stops during the day. You have your Alexa that tells you, you know, to go check the dishwasher. That's a thing that because you're home all day, most days, you set yourself up for these rhythms of 
things in the house that need to be taken care of because right. you hyperfixate on stuff. Right. Okay. And that gives you a break where they're set kind of incrementally, incrementally throughout the day. There's three or four of them, mm-hmm. different things that you need to go and do. Go make sure there's something out of the freezer for dinner. Make sure that you've set yourself up for success. It's the same thing. It's an intentional break. It's an intentional stop because you're hyperfixating. Sometimes. Sometimes I'm hyperfixating on the fact that I have nothing to do. And those reminders are like little treats for my brain. <laughs> They're like, go check the dishwasher. Oh, good idea, Alexa. I didn't even think of that. And I just go get it done. And it's rewarding in its own little way. But yeah, that's that's it. So okay, enough of that. Enough about that. <laughs> what happens if you are, say, doing that, taking your break, and you're trying to bring yourself back down to earth. Mm-hmm. What are some other ways besides doing that? So you can't get out and get away. What do you do? do you, I, well, like, what can you do with the other people around you? You just ask them to help you out? Yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're not alone, so if you're in an office, for example, or in a, in a warehouse or wherever, there are people around you, colleagues. I'm sure there's at least one that you're kind of sort of friendly with at work, right? Like, generally speaking, we're not islands when we go to work. No. So you're feeling this way. You can't get out of it on your own. There's support. There's someone around you that you can talk to and be honest with. Hey, I'm stressed out about this. I'm annoyed with this. I'm frustrated or I can't focus or whatever it is. What is your hang up at the moment? Talk to them about it. And at a minimum, it's a distraction from the actual thing and a processing of the thing. True. And at a maximum, they've actually got something beneficial to say. Absolutely. And even if they don't have anything beneficial to say, because that happens a lot, (laughs) um, you get a little bit through it just saying it out loud to someone. Yeah, you're processing it in a way that spinning it up in your head doesn't allow you to do. When you are hyper-focused or when you're stressed, you you've got something that's stuck on repeat, like a disc that's skipping. It's over and over and over. And if you do something different, get out of that space, go talk to somebody. You're, you're taking it off of skip and moving forward and processing it. Okay. So we've got recognizing your symptoms, Mm -hmm. taking a break, stop what you're doing. Yes. Get some help. What else can we do? For me, a thing that helped with the burnout was setting boundaries and blocking certain parts of my time. So one of the first steps that I took was I noticed that I would be anxious about work and I would be checking my email at night and responding to things because I would see them pop up because other people are working and they don't have the same office hours as I do and I get messages and then I would respond and then I'm getting into an exchange at 8 30 at night about work when I'm supposed to be turned off right so I use Outlook I set it up on the Outlook app on my phone to turn off the little number notifier 
for my alerts. So it doesn't show me and it doesn't make a sound when new emails come in when I'm at home, Mm. when I'm in my off hours. And you can, even if you've got an iPhone, go beyond that because you can set certain modes of your phone in certain places. And so there's one for at work and at home and there's a do not disturb. And you can say, don't let any of these apps notify me during this time or at this place Mm -hmm. or whatever under these circumstances. And I found that to be immensely helpful, setting those boundaries, auto responses when you're out of town so that people know what the expectation is. Yeah. Blocking my schedule so that I could not overbook myself for meetings if I knew that I had a lot going on. If I have three meetings in a day, that's it. I'm blocking the rest of my time for the day saying you can't do extra meetings because I know that that many meetings in a day drains me. Right. And so if I see them stack up, I block it. On days where I want to leave the office early, like when the kids were out of school for summer, I'm cutting out nothing afternoon. I set up the whole summer that way so that I could make sure that somebody didn't book a meeting online with me or, you know, I, I forget about what my plan was and set, say okay to something where somebody asks me for, for a meeting where if I say, no, you're supposed to be hanging out with your kids this time. I'm not going to change the block of time where my kids are. I'm not going to shut my kids down and and say, no, I'm not going to spend time with them. I know myself. I'm not going to do that. So if I put it there, I'm not going to put anything on top of it. And nobody can accidentally set me up for failure by booking a meeting online. That makes sense. I, my approach is a little different. Your lifestyle is very different. Yes. It's off time. I'm not doing this. There are reasonable business hours, even as a business owner. Um, running your own stuff. Sometimes it's, you just, you can't. And people have to be understanding of that. So I just don't, and I don't make it personal. It's not personal. Like it's just fair. It's what people do. And so I will, I will reach out and explain a situation if there's going to be some sort of delay. But I, I don't know. I guess I, I, through therapy, I guess, maybe I have been more cognizant of my boundaries like that and my time being like, no, this is this is for me. Like, I'm alive for me. Not like I'm doing this job to make a living. I'm not living to do this job. There's a difference. And I need to keep that in perspective because if I don't, I lose the boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't learn that boundary that early. And so I've through the past several years had to develop these methods of setting boundaries for myself and setting, setting myself up so that when I'm stressed, it's not there. It's like, if you're on a diet, you're not going to have the the house stocked with ice cream. You're setting yourself up for failure because when you're stressed, you're going to go dig for it. Right. Mm. I'm going to not have, these alerts there. Yes. If they popped up, I could ignore them, but in a a weak moment, I'm going to respond. I, I, I suppose it's like that. You Uh, find where your weak spots are mm -hmm. and you accommodate those. Yeah. I think I'm more like somebody come keep me busy. 
right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that's fair. We're, just, uh, we're definitely on different phases. Yeah, I, I'm still not quite there yet. So it's easier for me to be like, I can't get to this right now. I'll just, I have the energy to send someone a message and explain the situation, but I can't. I don't have the means right now to do the thing that they need me to do. But tomorrow or when I am able, I will get right back on it and I'll hit it really hard. Yeah, I guess my experience is just a very different and I will get to the point where I'm so stressed that I'll, I'll wind myself up into not being able to respond to anything where I will read all of my emails and then be thinking about all of the possible things, all of the ways that the conversation could go, all of the ways that it could be a problem, or if it's a confrontation, I'm spinning out all these different circumstances to a point where I get paralyzed and can't respond to it. So if I stay away from those things when I'm in that space, I'm less prone to get stuck in the spiral. Um, also, even when I'm working, I don't have my email notifications on. I feel like this is important. My Outlook notifications are off all of the time these days. And if I'm at my computer and I'm working, my Outlook is in the background and there's a little red button that shows me that an email came in, but I don't see it because I'm not focusing on it. I don't let it ding. And I don't let it pop up on my screen because that's ways to distract yourself. And that is ways to deepen your spiral because you will never actually get anything done. You'll be bouncing back and forth. I feel like we don't give that enough credit. Mm, I, I think it... It serves its purpose for people it, it works for, but yeah. it doesn't work for anybody, everybody. And if you find yourself in that situation, then it it is actually absolutely worthwhile to turn all of that crap off. Um. <laughs> if you are a workaholic, I am talking to you. Well, I mean, you, you can be a workaholic that, that handles that very, very well. I know what you mean. But if you have a tendency of chasing every little rabbit and every little ding and every little pop-up and all of that... Like if you chase all of the rabbits, turn all of the rabbits off. Yes. <laughs> it's very simple, but, and it works. But if you're someone who can manage that and say, all right, I got an alert for that. I'll keep that in mind, but I'm busy right now and keep doing what you were doing until you get to the point where it's like, okay, time for my day, my, my hourly email check. And you do that. If you can do that, if you do that already, then the notification pop-up thing may not matter. It may not help, but you've already got that down. We're not really talking to you. <laughs> but if, if you are like, like I, the, the analogy I just used, if you're chasing all the rabbits, get away from the rabbits. Yes. That's it. So with that, we're going to take our second break. And when we come back, we are going to unpack. Staying mindful, practicing these things, practicing okay. these things regularly, even when you're not experiencing her making this change for the future. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Have you ever wished you had someone who had all the answers in your back pocket? 
The Superhero Initiative was created as a launchpad for small and micro businesses to reach the next level in their potential. We are here to help you start out on the right foot and rescue you from future headaches. If you've been in business less than three years or are currently generating less than $100,000 of annual revenue, we encourage you to apply for the Superhero Initiative. Recipients will get eight hours of donated time to supercharge your back office from bookkeeping cleanup to implementing and training on software and other accounting and management needs. Visit jessicajonesaccounting.com to apply today. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica. All right, Charlie here is our mindfulness guru. I wouldn't say that. (laughs) You are far more experienced in this arena than than I am. I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm I'm a novice in mindfulness, Um, but you you've been doing this for a long time now. So, how do you set yourself up for this when you're not in burnout, so that you can successfully overcome it when you are? Okay, let me let me ponder on the history and my experience with this situation, this whole concept of mindfulness sounded like mumbo jumbo to me at first, but when they gave it a really clinical sounding name, I was like, you got me, let's do this. They told me we're gonna go into what's called cognitive behavioral therapy. And I was like, ooh, sounds cutting edge, let's do it. And all it was, was emotional inventory training. Okay. It was every single thing that happens to you. Think about it. And imagine how, not imagine, but think about how it makes you feel. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Just notice that. And then acknowledge it, let it pass, and carry on to the next thing. And everything that happens to me that makes me feel thing. I analyze why am I feeling the thing? Who is making me feel the thing? Why is it, is it me making me feel the thing? Could it, could I make a choice to feel something else? You know, it's anything. You start analyzing yourself and your responses to things as the very first step. And with that, you start to notice every little tick in every little direction emotionally and mentally throughout your day. It's very, it takes a long time to do it. It took, it took me weeks, months, years of practicing this on like going to the therapy sessions and having them say, all right, this is your situation. Tell me about something that happened this week that made you feel a thing and let's break it down. And then they say, your homework is to go do that and write about it and bring it back. 
and tell me about it. And they made, they made me practice because I had to have an example. And even if it was some stupid little thing, like I went to go turn on the dishwasher and missed the on button and hit another button and had to change all the settings back to where they were because I pushed the setting button instead of it. And that was really inconvenient. And it yet even stuff like that. You take an inventory of it and you recognize what things do to you and how you respond to them. And you become mindful of what's going on around you through this. You become mindful of what's going on within you through this. And you become more in control of what comes out of you as this happens. So things like I was talking about earlier, regularly doing these sorts of things, not waiting until you're in burnout, but regularly doing these sorts of things that don't require a lot of effort. Just taking your time to step away, breathe, count clouds, listen to the traffic. Just this is all like they, <laughs> they call it all these other things, but it's really just meditation. You're just meditating. This is what people do when they meditate. It's not anything special. You don't have to be of a certain religion. You don't have to have attained some kind of infinite knowledge. All you're doing is picking something to focus on and focusing on it. And that, and that is one of the ways to help prevent burnout is to recognize where you stand all of the time and to be in really good control of your emotional state by knowing what your emotional state is as often as possible. I think something that comes along with that is in knowing your emotional state, knowing the things that are making you feel good and making you feel bad, intentionally going out of your way to do the things that you know make you feel good. If you're a person who gets the runner's high, go out of your way to schedule the run and do the run. I'm not a person who gets the runner's high, but you know, some people are, I always feel good when we go on a long walk mm-hmm. and it's been months since we've been able to do it because it's constantly over a hundred degrees, but it's finally getting to the point where we can walk again. So we started out, we're doing a couple of laps. I'm ready to do our long three miles. Cause every time we come back from that, I'm, I'm exhausted in a good way. It makes me feel good to do the long walk, take an hour out of our day, go walk down the levee, Mm -hmm. go out of your way to do a thing that you know makes you feel good when you do it. Even if you feel like you don't have time for it, we'll push those things back. I'm I'm the worst about canceling appointments for self-care. Oh, I've got something that came up. I'm going to cancel that pedicure. But I know a pedicure is one of my most sacred things but I set myself up for failure because I'll cancel that appointment. I'll, I'll cancel taking care of myself. Don't do that. Oh, well, mindfulness <laughs> would, would tell you it's okay. If you do do that, you have to recognize that there will be other times for it. It may not be now, but there will be a time What you can't do is continually neglect yourself. But if now's not the time to go for the walk, 
it's okay. There will be a time when it is a better time, but right now you've got something else to handle. That will happen. It's like being in the butterfly garden with your hands open. These feelings, these emotions, these, these things, they come and they go. Avoiding burnout is recognizing that yes, that thing that happened at work stressed me out and I was ready to just break things, but I didn't. And because that feeling and that situation landed in my hand like a butterfly and I didn't grab it and hold on to it and stress about it and think about it and obsess and chase after things that feel different or better. I just let it come and let it go. It will happen. These bad things that you don't want to have happen, the things you don't want to feel are going to be there. The answer isn't always to chase the things that you that make you feel good because that leads to other problems, but not walking. I'm not saying that going for a walk is going to lead to a problem. It's going to lead to a problem called athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> no, you might be too hot and attract way too much attention. That's all that will happen. No, I just, but look, it's a little bit more nuanced than to say, just go out of your way to find something to make you feel good because then you're, you're clinging to feelings and emotions, even okay. the good ones. You don't want to cling to any of them. You want to acknowledge them, enjoy them while they're there, prolong them if you can, stave them off if you can, depending on what they are, but recognize that you are only responsible for what comes out of you as a result of that stimulus. They can hand you whatever they want to hand you. You are responsible for how it comes out. The burnout is something that happens through processing a lot of that and holding on to things that, let's be honest, you could probably let go of a little. Yeah, a lot of time that that we are afraid of letting the thing go because what if we don't come by it again? What if we don't have it again? Like you've got a troublesome client, for example, and you don't want to terminate them because if you terminate them, that means you have less money coming in. But if you really stepped back and looked at it, how much are they costing you an emotional inventory every month that if you weren't spending that on them, could you be out gaining more clients or focusing on other projects or, or, or where you can't be afraid to hold on to the thing for fear um, of not getting it again. Yeah. The thought it that's anxiety. Um, well, worry yeah. about the future is anxiety. Worry about the past is depression. It's just a problem. It, it, I don't know. That's something you practice. You're not there yet. You can't. How is your brain going to decide what's going to happen before it does? And how good has it been at doing that so far? Like, <laughs> how, how often is that right? Like, really, are you, I think you may be giving your own, like, anxiety voice a little bit more credit than it deserves because it likes to talk a lot. But how often is it really right? You know? So you have to remember that you're not there yet. You're, you're scared. You're telling yourself these bad things because you're scared about the possibility that they may happen. But what if they do? 
what are you going to do about it? Nothing, really. You're gonna you're going to let it happen. You're going to respond, and then that's that's it. it it's a butterfly landing in your hand and going away. It's, it's over. The thing you're dreading is the, the anticipation is what is what kills someone with anxiety like that. Yes, the projection of what it is that could go wrong and mindfulness is saying i'm not there yet right now there is nothing wrong and this is what i can do to ensure that there still is no wrong if there is a wrong then the right thing to do is to just bluntly and not bluntly but you know tactfully and directly address the wrong but other than that there's not much you can really do except accept it and it let it land in your hand and fly away. And instances where your burnout is so excessive that there is no way around it, like you were talking about with the job that you had to uh, part ways with because of the situation. How does one come to that conclusion? How do you determine that there is no recourse but to sever whatever that situation is it's not always easy to determine what to do in these situations and when enough is enough but you kind of feel it when you've had enough you know you've had enough or when a better opportunity comes along and you take it because oh, I needed this. I need something else. When you're looking for better opportunities, it's probably a sign that it's about time for enough to be enough. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> Ultimately to say, to, to say, I need to stop doing this or I need to change directions or I need to reassess how much I'm doing of this particular thing in regard. It's setting a boundary for your workload, whatever that looks like in whatever capacity, be it interpersonal workload, you know, personal workload, work, professional workload, things like that. It's setting boundaries in that. And if there is a, a clear and constant violation of a boundary you've set for yourself, that you think will keep you from experiencing burnout and something or someone keeps pressuring you or crossing that boundary and there is no reconciliation, no way for them to stop crossing the boundary, then it's time to get away from that because that's a violation of the boundary. I think a lot of us, we hold on to those things. Like you hold on to a job. You don't want to quit even though you hate the job. Why, why do we do that? Why hold on to something that you know doesn't serve you anymore? Well, I think we've got to gain our confidence in stepping away from those things. Well, what kind of, what sucks, bluntly, <laughs> is that money is why we continually do this to ourselves, that our need to live and pay for a livelihood means we have to put ourselves second and it sucks in a major way that our livelihoods, our work, 
is really just the labor of putting yourself second. That's what you're being paid for. Whatever function you serve is one thing, but increasingly people seem to be feeling like they're being paid to just put themselves second. And it's not enough money, no matter what they're giving, it's not enough money for it. So you need to find the opportunities where your boundaries aren't violated, where you're not feeling this way, where you're respected as the person you are, the important component to this business that you are, the important piece of this family, this group of friends that you are, that this this singular being that has endured so much and will continue to endure and will thrive because they have a good head on their shoulders and they're practicing these things to prevent themselves from falling apart and being at their worst. Those people, I mean, you are important. And you have to remember that you are important enough to look for this and go get those things and not feel guilty about making a change that was better for you. If you, especially if you can find one that's also economically better for you, oh, bro, good job. <laughs> good job. You make more money and you're happier. Yes. But we talk about, you know, life in the driver's seat of a business. And we talk about, we talked about how to manage people and the, the difference in mentality between employer and employee and person looking for a job and person who just decided to start their own business. You know, we've decided, we've talked a lot about these mindsets and these perspective differences, but for a lot of people, unfortunately, money is yeah. the reason we endure this and I wish we didn't have to. I wish there were a way around it, but this is another thing. It leads me into another thing you can do. Like, like our, through our notes, we have little notes to ourselves that we take during the breaks and stuff, but planning ahead, knowing that what you're doing is going to drain you that because you're sacrificing your well-being, honestly, in a way that you didn't necessarily sign up to do directly, but will happen as a side effect of what you're doing. The burnout will happen. So you have to set yourself breaks. If your employer or whomever does not give you those sorts of breaks, the breaks you have to take, you have to reconcile that they will come when they come, given the choice you've made, or you can make a different choice and go elsewhere and do other things and align yourself with other people and all kinds of stuff like that. You've got options. But uh, if, if you want to stay where you are, you remember that you have to pace yourself. Bite off just enough burnout that you can rest and recuperate from it. And then get back into that fight again because some of us are just stuck there. And if you are stuck there, just remember to give yourself time. Take breaks, take holidays, take vacations, wherever you can, you know? If you're feeling stuck, evaluate how stuck you may actually be. <clears throat> Oftentimes, there's more people in your corner than you realize. 
if you're talking to those around you as a small business owner and you know they may have an opportunity for you or they may know a business coach who can help you mm-hmm. or they may know a way to automate a problem you have reach out to your support system or if you're contemplating making a larger change like stepping away from a role leaving leaving a job to start your own business that support system yeah. can be instrumental putting out feelers. It's exactly what I did when I was starting my business. I talked, talked, <laughs> I talked to the people that I knew and said, this is what I'm thinking about. And eventually those people presented me with opportunities that gave me the ability to step away from where I was. So if you lean just a little bit on the people in your corner to say, Hey, if you hear of anything or, Hey, I'm having this problem. Hey, I'm feeling this way. You don't know what doors you can open up. Mm-hmm. Opportunities. Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Yes. So you prepare yourself. Meet, meet the people. Learn the thing. Do like this new skill. Try something new. Uh, like be prepared and you will and keep a positive outlook by remembering yourself when it matters most and you can find this opportunity no matter where it is you will have already been prepared and you will just need opportunity but with a positive outlook on things opportunities tend to arise a little bit more often when you're negative about things you tend to miss more for fear that you're not going to get it or that's it's true you work that's true when you believe you can make it work, opportunities tend to arise a little bit more often and they work out because you try and you got it. You just got it. <laughs> you can do all these things. It's just practice. And that's that's it. It's really it. It's, it's simple, but not easy. That's right. It's simple, but not easy. That's mantra. <laughs> for sure simple but not easy everything so with that we're going to conclude our final episode of our first season thank you charlie for always being here with me being being the voice of god next to me i fruits <laughs> of god <laughs> i know <truly>, no <laughs> noah there will be a flood noah sorry <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway Thank you for sticking with us this season. Let us know what you thought. Reach out on social media or at our email address. We'd love to hear from you. What do you want to hear about next season? So for the final time for our first year, thank you for getting powered up with Jessica Jones. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope you've gained something valuable today. If you did, Wait till you hear what we're talking about next. Until then, get out there and forge your own unique empire, travel your own path, and most importantly, be your own superhero.